calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with a man called Dave. And today we have a special guest, a guy who is out to celebrate his 11th year in the pro wrestling business. He is known as the Strong Style Nerd, the Black Goku, and the Strong Style Cinephile. He's a filmmaker, he's a pro wrestler, and he's our guest today, Mr. Sebastian Envy. Sebastian, how are you? I am good. It's Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. Got a show tomorrow and just uh, got some script work to do Sunday. So that's pretty much my dream kind of week is uh, working on a set and then working in the wrestling ring. So, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, just in our limited talk, and I see you're a filmmaker, I see you're a pro wrestler. It's like, I, I think, okay, this guy's got to be a hustler. He's working. He's busting his ass. Is that fair? And would you say, and where did you get that from? Just the desire to just get my stuff out there, be it wrestling stuff or be it film. I it's, I kind of say that I'm a glutton for punishment because <laughs> of, of what, uh, what I apparently at a young age decided to have a dream about doing because also in addition to filmmaking and production, wrestling, my interest is in comic books. And since I was mm. a kid, I'm, I've been a writer my entire life. I have a bachelor's degree in journalism, worked as a newspaper reporter for about a decade before I had the, the nine to five that I have now. And so I was always writing comic book stories and, and pitches and, and things like that. So it's it's comic books, wrestling, and films. It's like the easiest industries to get lost in. And the, mm. the three or three of them, or you have to have that lightning in a bottle moment where like the right person at the right time sees the right thing from you, be it, you know, a producer sees your film at a, a film festival or the right promoters in the in the locker room that happens to see like that one amazing match that you have, or you might come across somebody if you're self-publishing a comic book, you're at a convention handing out your stuff and maybe they, you know, see, come across your book and, and like it and kind of want to, you know, take it on. So it's, 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 it's easy to get lost in these industries that I love and want to be mm. part of. So I guess the hustle, the drive to hustle comes from that because there's so many other people who have the same means to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, self publish or self kind of market self promote. So you just have to just stay working stay grinding to stay in front of those people. Cause I mean, you think of, you know, reaching out to promoters, stuff like that, how many, you know, cause there's umpteen million pro wrestlers or people will call themselves pro wrestlers walking the planet. So it's like how many messages and, and links and stuff a day are they getting? It's like, you have to to grind to stay in front of all those people, you know? So it's a constant, uh, constant grind. Yeah. That's so true, man. It's uh, I was just talking about this recently too. It's all about timing sometimes too. It's like you can work hard and timing's that blessing or bitch, depending on how it could be. Right. There's like that oh, right yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Comic books, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. And obviously, I'm assuming you're in anime and stuff, too. Uh, what do you think about... Uh, this is going to be a random question, but I'm just curious. Have you followed the Disney Plus What If series? Yes, I love it. 
Yeah, I'm just big fan. I watched the most recent episode the other day, and like it, I was like already into it. Now I'm like, oh god, I need to see this next episode like today. You know? Yeah, yeah. I felt that the I love the episode for the first episode with Captain Carter. Just as soon yes. as they we knew that was going to be a thing, I'm a huge Haley Atwell fan, so I love her. Once I saw the figure or the image of the the character, I was couldn't wait for the the, the figure to come out. I'm a huge collector i actually have my cam on i can show you like my home office it's covered in legends and transformers and gi joes and power ranger stuff oh that's a <laughs> but i felt the uh, the first episode with her kind of played it a little bit safe as far as like kind of taking twists and turns with the with the story with the previously established story and they've kind of taken more chances with subsequent episodes so which is which is good which is what you're supposed to do with what if because i remember collecting the comics it was like i mean it was basically you know, fan fiction, but it was just written by the people that, you know, actually made the characters where they could just do all these drastic changes and, and freak occurrences and stuff and just really kind of um, uh, just uh, take the characters to places that they couldn't under the, you know, the mainstream titles and stuff. So it, it makes it fun. It's 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 a, uh, a fun diversion, uh, divergence if uh, they just need to push it a little bit more, I think. And I think they did with this this latest episode, um, mm. but they just need to keep that up. I agree. I'm, yeah, it's been really enjoyable for me, and I am curious. And like any good story, right? It's you got more questions coming out for the next episode, and you want to know. And it's like, right. okay, you got me. Yeah. All right, for our listeners, let's. I'll I'll bring it to the wrestling here a little bit. Uh, assuming you uh, were a fan growing up of wrestling, mm-hmm. you who got you into wrestling? Like, I mean, who got you into wrestling, and who are you kind of the guys, girls you're into? Of course, a fan all my life. Kind of watching it, I kind of wondered about doing it myself. But I'm, I mean, if you see me, any of my matches, I'm a cruiserweight, it's cruiserweight, I'm a little guy. So I felt that I didn't really pursue it because of that. And it was, I'd moved to, I'd actually, when I lived in Louisiana with the chick I was with then, it's long past, thank God, or long since left her behind. But there was a Saturday morning show, it was an indie show, but they had like a, a TV, hour-long TV show and they would advertise their school afterwards. And I had, it was would have been like a two-hour drive to go training or whatever. I had no issue with that. And once I was talking to the chick I was with then about it and trying to kind of look at diet stuff and everything, because I'm like 175 now and I was like 150 at the time. Um, so I was looking at just kind of diet stuff, ways to kind of put on pounds and, and just work out and stuff like that. And when she saw the, the, uh, the way, um, protein powder that I had a little, like the jug of it or whatever that I had bought, she started like laughing at me about it and basically crapped on my whole thought process and, and dream to do it. So I kind of put it on, the, on the, the back burner, the back of my mind for years. And, um, with the woman that I'm with now, my wife now, I've been with 13 years she was like way way super supportive of this endeavor of me trying to put myself out there with this and i live in fort worth texas or fort worth texas now worked in denton for a number of years for the newspaper i worked there and just there's a couple different ways i could go to work to get to the office and i just happened to take a different way just one way one day and i saw a building that had xcw wrestling and i come to find out xcw was a promotion that ran in denton for little over a decade they were huge in their heyday i was i came and caught them kind of when things were kind of winding down before they finally closed and i walked in talked to the owner guy by the name of knight davis who i love dude salt of the earth and talked to him about training and 
that's how I got my start with it. We kind of worked out an agreement as far as like payment, stuff like that, and just went about it. That's awesome, man. Uh, timing, right? Just happened to take that turn. Yeah, it was just <laughs> the most like random thing. And it's, it's uh -huh. just, I just happened to see that that building and, and those letters and just piqued my curiosity and and walked in there and, and got started. But like as far as like guys that and gals that I like that I look at, my top three are, even though he's basically persona non grata, is Benoit, Dynamite Kid, Kenta are kind of like my top three. And then you're like Eddie, you're Henning, oh. Lance Storm, Amazing Red, yeah. really like him. Chilina Melissa, Ayako Hamada, love her stuff, and plenty of others. But those are the, kind of like the the real standout ones that I kind of like pick and and, and take stuff from to kind of yeah. influence what I do. You're a man who's watched a lot of wrestling and sought out wrestling. I can tell by that list. That's a very good list there. A lot of different people there. That was pretty cool. I didn't know you were going to drop so many different names like Kenta and, and different eras too, like Dynamite and then yeah. Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's interesting. When I watched that Dark Side of the Ring documentary on Dynamite, I was not as familiar with his story. I was a big right. fan of his growing up, but I was just not familiar. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that diving headbutt. I never put the two and two together. That, that was the correlation there. And Harley Race had done it, but not to the level that those guys were, they would just like a bullet drive their yeah, head to the air. Yeah. And he warned them, like, don't do this move. And I was like, wow. I never, but not to be sad. That was just, but uh, yeah, that's what I think. Like, I'm very, uh, those guys really draw you in. Now, did you have, like, so far in your career, have you had some mark out moments where you're in the ring, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in with so and so or where I'm at? Not yet. I've, I've still, I'm like, it's kind of like, I mean, I can lie, I'm kind of, envious of some of the guys that that i know guys that i consider you know friends and, and and i'm cool with in this business that have had those kind of like matches with those like names you know former you know wwe so-and-so or former impact or present you know or yeah. just presently an impact guy or or this or that i haven't had um too many of those like the the most noteworthy guys that i've like locked horns with is Lodi and wcw and then short sleeve samson me and him went had a good fun match here in Texas. And uh, so, but those are kind of like the top thus far. I'd like to have those kind of matches with, you know, those names, but it just hasn't been in the cards yet. But again, it's just trying to put myself out there more on the shows that book those, those types of guys and just show them that I'm worthwhile and that I can have a great match with those guys. Now, I know you've won some championships. What was it like when you won your first championship? Was that a big deal for you? First one was the with Metroplex Wrestling MPX here in, in, in Texas, and it was the Prospect Championship. And that championship, it's once you win it, once you defend the title, you have three title defenses. If you defend it all three times, then you can challenge at any point in time for the top, uh, the MPX Championship. And it was cool. Winning it, it was uh, a bunch of my friends came out to support me on that night. It was, I think I I brought roughly like 50 people with me that just came to see me. So it was cool kind of seeing, and they had all had my, my t-shirts on and stuff like that. So we basically took over like a side, an entire side of kind of the seating and stuff. So you look out there and it's just a bunch of like orange and blue like shirts that were just all mine and all my people. That was, that was cool. That was kind of the biggest the funnest time for me in wrestling or amongst the, the funnest times for me in wrestling, because it was just so many people there to support me. It just felt really good. Now you've worked, we had James Beard on the show before we were talking mm -hmm. to him. He was SW Fury. I, you've worked for SW Fury, I believe. What was, yes. what was that experience like for you? For me, it was good. 
I know that I mean, if you follow social media and Facebook and stuff like that, there's been some, you know, kerfuffle about things and stuff like that. But I mean, my my experiences with it was was good. Got a match on where I filled in because somebody wasn't there on time, so I got a fill-in match that was on one of their weekly TV shows. And then I've been back a, a couple times just trying to uh, trying to get on with them because it was a good product but brought in some names and going back to the yeah. whole name thing they brought in they'd bring in some names and stuff mm-hmm. so it was a it was a good draw they i like their their setup as far as like the stage and, and just the rain just the they drew lots of people people were rowdy like the whole yeah. time so it was a good fun experience for me and i love james beard yeah he seemed like a great guy when i talked to him super easy to talk to oh yeah he was awesome he was a uh, he was he was the ref in that short sleeve Samson match that I had. So yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and they run like a – I mean, I don't know much of it. You can maybe tell about the Texas indie scene, but they run like a – like it reminds me of the old school – like it's an old school feel. Like it reminds me of like watching world-class wrestling and the Von Erics and stuff back in the day, like when I tune in there. Yeah, that was the – I believe that was the vibe that they they were going for with it. So hopefully that, hopefully that can continue with them. Now, obviously, you're into filmmaking as well, like we talked about. How did you get into filmmaking, too? Like I said, I've been a writer my entire yeah. life. So my brother and I would always, uh, when we would play with our toys as kids, we would put together these elaborate scenes and put on these like shows for, for our mother. And kind of uh, went from there where I'd write. I wrote short fiction and I wrote a novel when I was in eighth grade. Um, started writing scripts and, and stuff like that with the characters. I started for one of my high school projects for my fine arts class. We I wrote a script for a short film and or actually it was a, a feature film, feature length film, feature length script. Of course, we weren't going to be able to film that. So we shot like maybe like half a dozen different scenes from uh, from it. And when I was in college, I just picked up, I didn't go to any sort of just film class or formal film education or anything. I just picked up a camera and went out there and started shooting and taking my lumps with stuff. So that's kind of how I got started. I think I would have been way better off these days as far because there's YouTube and there's like umpteen million tutorial videos kind of show you this and that sort of thing. I didn't have that. I just kind of picked up a camera, took my lumps and just tried to to tell some some good stories. And, and sometimes I succeeded with it. Sometimes I put out stuff that I look back on it. And I was like, that sucks. I wish I could scrub it from the Internet. But you just you learn and uh, take your lumps. You learn, learn from it. Just try to to grow, and that's what I try to do with each project that I'm doing. I've got a, a short that I'm working on now that we're actually gonna hopefully turn into kind of like a series. And I've got a, a like an '80s slasher movie spoof that I'm doing, mm. which I'm super excited about doing. I've been wanting to do it for the past couple years. Things got thrown off a couple years back, and then last year, of course, the Rona shut everything down. So didn't get to do it but i'm hoping to do it maybe starting middle of this month maybe late october and then into november to, to finally get that done that's pretty cool man yeah that's it's nice to see you just out there like somebody out there like working trying to do all these things and like you said too you just took your lumps too i think that's important because i think a lot of times too like we learn more from our mistakes too right like if things are going well all the time we don't necessarily learn anything but we mess up we're like oh don't do that again yeah. oh yeah it's just it's even like last week there was a <clears throat> i was just messing around with one of my cameras and i was fiddling with like one of the the settings on it and it was actually like a setting that i should have had my camera on like all this whole time when i was like filming stuff and it's just like little stuff like that where it's like oh things would have been a little bit visually would have been a little bit better had i done this 
Um, of course, I know that now, but it's just one of those things that, again, so you just tinker with your stuff every day and then you can learn and improve yourself. And that's what I'm trying to do with wrestling to kind of get on more shows, get more bookings with my film stuff to take on more clients and, and, and get more work with that. So I can transition to have that be my nine to five, not the one that I have now. So like I said, during the week, I can be on a set, be at a corporate shoot or a wedding or a music video. And then on the weekends, you know, I'm kicking somebody in the face in the ring. That, <laughs> that's my goal. Any uh, bad injuries in pro wrestling? Or? In 2000, well, I broke my leg and my ankle on a show in San Antonio. Ooh. And yeah, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a plate and two short pins in my ankle now, mm-hmm. which will just be there till the end of time. So that's, that, that's not a good day. <laughs> and outside of that, I mean, there's been a few times I got my bell rung. I've broken three fingers, torn a hamstring, and got busted open the hard way, like a few times, like here and there and stuff like that. But the, the worst part, the worst thing was the the ankle and leg breakage. Have you ever uh, asked this once in a while? I'm just curious because you've been at it for a little bit too. Have you ever had anyone like you hear the old timers talk about? You ever had anyone had to try to take advantage of you in the ring? No, I've been uh, fortunate to work with good professional people. Mm. I've seen in locker rooms where that's gone on from from different people, or but I'm fortunate enough to not have it happen to me. I was like taught kind of how to look out for those things, yeah. and also just kind of how to conduct myself so where I don't bring it on, you know, bring any un, on undue unwanted or negative attention on me for the most part i mean i've had some disagreements with some some guys and there are some guys who aren't my favorite people i'm not their favorite person but it's never been any anything to where it would affect us working together or kind of bring in some making it anything less than professional between the ropes yeah that's good i mean it's a that's something that's an art there too right just learning how to like defuse situations and get along with your workers, and that I think that covers wrestling and anything, right? Just being able to like get along with the people you got to work with. Oh yeah, because I mean, it's I mean, and, I mean, it's and in locker rooms just like life, I and mean, there's so many different people that are assembled who are aren't going to, they aren't from the same places, they don't mm. have the same experiences, they don't have the same, you know, socioeconomic or political or social views, and 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 that sort of thing. So it's you just gotta you'll figure out like who you can talk to about what and kind of who you need to stay away from conversation about you know because i mean there's like i mean i know myself and there's certain stuff that like i know people that have like 100 percent opposite views of certain things that i have and if like that gets brought up in conversation <laughs> like you know it's it's gonna raise a hair on, on on the back of my neck a little bit and you know i know how i know to avoid those type of, of conversations, those type of interactions, to try to keep things in a certain kind of certain kind of sphere, so we don't ever have that, you know, the temptation yeah. of that even happening. We just so, get along, everything's hunky dory, and we can just be professionals, sure. working a professional show, and we all get money. Uh, absolutely. I just talked to uh, someone um, 
I'm seeing recently. And uh, we had this comment. We knew each other like 20 years ago. And we we're joking about. She's like, you're always very honest with me. And I was like, well, I was like, if I care about you, I'm generally going to be very honest. I was like, sometimes if I don't like you, I'll just tell you whatever you want to hear to get rid of you. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, right? It's like, okay, I just got to get along with this person just for now. So whatever it takes for us to work together, say like, sure, and I'm going to avoid this. Right. But yeah, right. I get that vibe. <laughs> now, I'm just curious. Yeah, this is kind of random too. But I'm just wondering, you know, like I was talking to someone recently about this too. Like just talking about life in general. Like being a lifelong pro wrestling fan, I can't help but notice like, and this isn't like meant to be political because we can take it in other aspects too. But I've realized there's a lot of things that kind of imitate pro wrestling. And I started to notice it like with politics, like speeches would almost be like sound bites and it'd be like catchphrases. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, oh my God, like nobody gets this. Like, you know, but as a pro wrestling fan, you start to pick up on things. Do you notice hey. that too? Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, it's just, it's just the way our society has gone. And everything is just people just latch on to just the simplest of, of ideas or simplest of, of catchphrases and it just allows them to just get behind something without having to really think about it, really having to analyze it kind of figure out if that's what they really want to support if that's the way they really want to think but it's it's very much a uh mob mentality you know yeah type of thing because that's that's the path of least resistance you don't have to think when you could just go with the flow and i think because a lot of times in wrestling, I mean, you, the idea is you go out there, you get like, you know, 20 people or, you know, it's 100 people at the show. You're hoping that you go on like the left side. Maybe there's like four or five people you can get behind you over here. And then they're on the other side, maybe four or five over here. And then the another side, four or five over there. And yeah, ideally, they start cheering for you. People around them will start to kind of feed into it. And that's, you know, things kind of grow like that. It's just, it's very much the same way in in those, you know, Socio and political circles as well. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just whatever kind of moves the. You hope the mob will latch on to that soundbite or that uh, that clip or, or that idea, and then just take it from there. Yeah, I have even like in a lesser serious thing like comedy. Like I noticed, I was talking to people who do like shows, and it's almost like working the crowd. Like you hear the wrestlers talk about the old territory days. If they go to a certain town, they have to like you know, okay, well I'm going to do this act here as opposed to this act. And you right. start to hear that, I'm like, oh, that's that's pro wrestling, <laughs> you know. So it's yeah, it's very interesting. And two, I don't know if this is quite the same thing, but you know, talking about like that, people go with the quickest resistance. Like one thing, I'm so happy to like see more wrestling companies out there right now. But boy, you go out online on Twitter and stuff like that, man, we've gotten really like <laughs> it's it's so toxic sometimes. Like, oh, you don't like this company? Well, I don't like you as a person. It's like, wait, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's social media is just it's. It's like it can be like really good, but it, the the tendency for it to just be a negative thing is such it's so greater because it's just mm. people aren't using it for an exchange of ideas and conversation and intelligent conversation and that sort of thing. And it's just about finding the echo chamber. You just want people who are agree with you totally, fully, hundred percent, and you don't want anything else. And once you find something else that runs counter to what you and your echo chamber thinks you go after them, you know, pitchforks and lanterns. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way it is these days. I've just come to accept it and just, you know, learn to to navigate it and just try to not get too wrapped up in social media stuff. It's necessary to promote market stuff, make connections and that sort of thing. But some of the 
toxicity that goes along with it. It's a, you just need to learn to avoid that, kind of block that out. Now, one last question, and we'll get back to Russell. I'm just curious. This is kind of a little random, too. Have you watched the, because uh, this is my first anime I've ever actually watched recently. Someone recommended it to me. The Vision, uh, Star Wars? I have not. I was going, I was going to make it a point to watch that. I have, like, so much stuff in kind of, like, mm-hmm. my queue that I try to keep up with watching. And then I, uh, I'm i not a huge, huge Star Wars guy, but I do like it. But I've been getting caught up with, with some of the CW superhero shows and then Titans and then Stargirl. And then I have a series that I do on my YouTube channel called Let Us Geek, where I kind of talk about nice. some of the some of the the more geek centric type of, of shows and, and movies and TV projects and, and stuff like that. So nice. it's on my list. I just haven't got to it uh, just yet. That's okay. My producer wanted me to ask you that. He's a, he's been really enjoying it. Now, I guess one other thing I want to ask you too is. All right, you're doing all this stuff, whether it's filmmaking, whether it's pro wrestling. What is some of the best advice you've gotten in life, period? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe you can just break it down to wrestling or I think the, the same principles apply to apply to wrestling and to to film. And just it's, it's just to grind, work hard. I've kind of coined this mantra, when the grind is real, the success will be real. And I totally mm. believe that. And it's just to not let other people what other people think what other people say kind of get into your head don't let other people just get you down and get you doubting yourself just push through push through rougher times don't try to uh, don't linger on those rough times when it comes to wrestling if you have like a bad match i know a lot of us are super so we're critical of ourselves we're our own worst critic and when we have a bad match it ling- tends to linger and it's it's you just gotta flush that and not think about it and just Move on, learn from it, move on to the next. Just learn from, just learn. That's the thing. Just grind and and learn as you're grinding. I guess I could kind of like sum it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Just hustle and work and try to like pay attention to those mistakes and figure it out as we go, right? That's- exactly. So one last thing, and I'm going to have you promote some stuff too. I'm just curious, for filmmaking, pro wrestling, what are your goals like your short-term goals and your long-term goals. As far as filmmaking goes, production, um, as I said, just I've done a shot a friend's wedding a few weeks back. I uh, shot one music video for Buddy Mine. We're about to shoot another music video for Buddy Mine, who's a very, very good wrestler himself, who should be on this podcast at some point in time. His name I... is Ex- Exodus Prime. Yes, sir. Dude, very talented guy in the ring and also on the mic. And so working... With him and just uh, others, I just kind of want to expand uh, my reel so I can pick up more more clients. And like I said, just kind of transition away from the 9-to-5 office job to being able to be on a set as my 9-to-5. And as far as like wrestling goes, just trying to get out there more. I want to work um, internationally, uh, Canada, UK. I'm reaching out to some places there to try to get some something going in um, 2022. I know a bunch of guys. Buddies of mine and other guys I've just been in locker rooms and stuff with that have had been on dark with AEW and getting tryouts and stuff with them. That's something I definitely want to do, be it AEW or be it Impact or you know even with the E. And just I just want to have booking consistency. That's like my long my long term goal to have booking consistency where I'm working all the time and working good shows in different places and having matches, great matches with great people, be it, you know, a name or another guy who's grinding hard, trying to make it 
uh, a name for himself like I am. That's good, man. I appreciate that positive influence. Now, one last thing, I guess, do you have anything you want to promote coming up Just and social media as well? I am on Instagram and Twitter as Sebastian Envy. It's uh, S-E-B-A-S-T-I-O-N-E-N-V-I. A lot of people on a lot of flyers always spell my name with the I-A-N. And <laughs> in hindsight, I was like, maybe I should have spelled it that way. That's naturally what people gravitate to towards. But no, it's I-O-N. I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash Torian Films, T-A-U-R-I-A-N Films. You'll see my matches on my channel. I do stop motion stuff with my action figures on there. My Let Us Geek series of videos is on there. And so just check that out for the wrestling. Check it out for the geek stuff. And it's pretty much what I do across all my social medias. So all right. I always like tell people at the, at the end of like my Let Us Geek videos, kind of like talk to me there, talk to me here, you know, be it on YouTube or on Twitter, Instagram, the handles are the same. So just looking for more people to follow me, get behind what I'm doing and just kind of help me spread the word about me. Awesome. I was just going to say, you're a well-rounded individual. I like your uh, hustle to get these goals. I think it's admirable. Anybody should listen to this. And thank you for doing the show, man. It's been a pleasure. Oh, no, thank you for having me. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality t-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, the vibe the washer and dryer, they look good and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Holy shit. Dave has a new setup. It's October. We got our shit together. Like, look at that. They know the next three, four, five, three ones coming their way. How, how do you feel the year is going to end for us, Dave, after yesterday's big meeting? The summit, if you will. The summit. Hey, man, more meetings. The year. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how the year is going to end. Probably pretty good. What the fuck? Yeah, we're great. <laughs> we deserve it. <laughs> but I will say this. After uh, we get a little peek behind the curtains here, we have a little more meetings with our team and start talking about stuff. I feel very positive about our future. I don't know if like a hard deadline, like time-wise, but like I feel very positive going forward that we're going to have more creative juices flowing and things are going to get very interesting and entertaining possibly the next year. That's a shoot, brother. Yeah, I almost, I almost felt like Conrad Thompson listing off our next three weeks worth of things, and we're coming off a little egotistical, and everybody knows that AJ is a natural heel, but this yeah. week we are talking five, three, one current heels. Now, I got a couple partial lists. And I'm going to lead off with my brother. He said MJF is number one. Asked for the rest of his list. He gave me nothing. <laughs> Harry Poots of the Mothership Facebook group has MJF, Roman Reigns with Heyman, and um, and he gave me nothing else. <laughs> and Travis Jones of the Mothership group has MJF, Miro, and Brandy. So Wait, who's the last one? Oh, Brandy. Brandy. 
I yep. said Randy. No, we ain't going to do that to Randy Osga. He didn't do nothing. <laughs> shit. The mothership coming out strong. So I want to say something. Me and Scott from Voluntown talked about this a little bit. And maybe I'll hint on this list. But one of the issues I had with some heels, like in Miro's one of them, I would say, is they're so damn over right now. So it's kind of like some of the heels, I had to like go, ah, I want to pick them. Like, I don't know, on my list, you're going to see quite a few Brit Breakers and Adam Coles. And to me, it's like, especially listening to Adam Cole right now. And Adam Cole, even especially, I love Adam Cole. People hear me talk about Adam Cole, how great he is all the time. But, like, when he comes out and he points himself and everybody goes, boom. And it does not feel very heelish to me. He does some heel stuff, but I'm just saying, guy gets huge baby face pops. Yeah, I'll lead off with the first full list. I got Jason Gross from Rock and Randy's Rock and Wrestling. Group. Obviously, he was like first to respond. He Come had strong. Joseph Samuel and Contra Unit, Great MJF, Don Callis, Great Dan play. Lambert, Great and play. I didn't even think to look up this last one, Tyler Culpret. I have to look him up too. I don't. I know. have no Great idea pick. who that is. That guy's got some, he's got some knowledge. He's spitting on us, and those were all great picks. I should have thought about Dan Lambert too. In this day and age, like he's a perfect heel. Like he's he's a great heel in AEW too. Like he's like that crowd, that audience. They love their company. Like that's their company. Like they're there to support AEW, and he shits on the company. He goes in there and talks about mom's basement and acrobatic wrestlers and shits on everybody like Dan Lambert's a good heel I think Post has talked about it he talks a little fast sometimes but I don't yeah. mind it with Lambert because not everybody talks like that don't get me wrong don't be different for the sake of being different but because he's a little different and to me it's not that overbearing and he's so good at what he's saying I enjoy it personally yeah now who's your first list of today I got Michael Flynn he's got MJF Man, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I know who's going to make a lot of these lists. MJF, Roman Reigns, Britt Baker, Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega. As for the Seth Rollins pick, he's probably right. But I was going back and forth for that because Seth Rollins has that heat. And I know AJ would get mad at me for this and say, heat's heat. But he's definitely somebody that, like, I just want him off my damn TV. So maybe he's just doing his job, but I couldn't pick him. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my list next because I've got Roman Reigns, MJF, yep. Jacob Fatu, and then these last two picks are kind of similar. The Young Bucks and Seth Rollins, where they're oh. both popular, but they also, every time I see them on TV, I'm just not a fan of them. Yes, yes. So what's the next list you got? Uh, yeah, so I got Randy Osga. He's got, oh, and Randy actually gave us a friend his friends list, too. So I'll read both of those at the same time. He's got Joseph Samuel, which is another great pick. I'm glad to see Joseph Samuel got a couple of picks on here. QT Marshall, solid. QT does get that heel heat. Dan Lambert, MJF, Deanna Parazzo, Roman Reigns. And then Randy's friend, Phil, a.k.a. Nightmare10 on Twitter, had sent him a list, and I'll repeat it here. It's MJF, Miro, Jay Wright, Roman Reigns, and Adam Cole, baby. So Jay White getting that heel heat, I'd say, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, Jay might be kind of a tweener right now, I think, a little bit, but he's definitely been a really good heel for new japan in the past as well now i'm going to give you the regularly scheduled hostilities double hitter because i've got first up josh DeBoard as roman reigns bobby lashley sammy Zayn, baron corvis mm. and nick khan nick khan. and chuck winchester his co-host there has mjf roman reigns kenny omega seth rollins and mjf okay oh. 
Makes it twice. You know what's funny is, you know, MJF, man, like, that guy is on every list here. I don't know if Roman's been on every list, too. He seems to be making a lot of them, but MJF seems to be the name that clearly keeps coming up more and more here. I got Michael Caldwell. Yeah, him and Roman uh, are the common friends. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I got Michael Caldwell here from Mikey and Fred Facebook. He's got, here we go again, MJF, Roman Reigns. All right, now we're going to get a little different. Paul Heyman, excellent pick. Paul can be popular, but Paul is really good at getting the crowd. Paul's one of the best I've ever seen when he's getting cheered. He can turn a crowd. That's excellent. Seth Rollins, and he has happy Corbin. <clears throat> I will say this about Corbin. I was watching SmackDown last night, and I normally just fast-forward to him, and I decided to watch it. I was busy, and I was like, ah, let me just see what he's doing. Can't stand this motherfucker. So maybe that's, that's heel heat, brother, I guess. But I was like, get this fucking off my TV. All right, now next up, I got Brenton J. Dufresne third from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got MJF, Roman Reigns, Miro, FTR, and he can't t- name a fifth, to be honest, but he has Adam Cole, Maybay. <laughs> That's funny. Nice play on words. I'm, I'm a fan say, of a good one. Yeah, I like that. Good play on words. Yeah. So, again, but what comes up right away, MJF and Roman Reigns. So, it seems to be. I mean, I think it's safe to say we know who the top two heels at each individual company are now, according to these lists. Yeah, 100%. Oh, uh, what's the next the, list you got I got, I got Jesse from New Hampshire, and I lost Jesse. Hold on, Jesse. Where you at, baby? I'm coming. Daddy's coming. All right, here we go. We got Roman Reigns, MJF, Kenny Omega, Omega Walter, and he did add this one. This is a nice touch. Dave Meltzer, which I thought was pretty good. Dave Meltzer getting that heel wow. heat. Now, I got Tyler Peters up for you next because he's got the Jake rule and a half going on. He's got Roman Reigns, FTR, Randy Orton, MJF, Lashley and MVP as a duo. And then for his honorable mentions, he has Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Britt Baker. Wow. Wow. All the women. That's so funny. I'll tell you what, Charlotte, I'm surprised he's not Hate on this one more. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm surprised. Anyway, I got speaking of the Jake Rule. Jake sent me this, and as he says in this, cue the Jake Rule music because it's in effect, brother. He's got number one, MJF. <laughs> number two, Britt Baker. Three, Tommy Dreamer from Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, wait, that's number four, actually. Number three is the Elite. And number five, Will Ospreay. And his honorable mention, is Jay White, who he says is kind of a tweener, like we were saying earlier, these days, but he can turn heel and work with the best of them. Shout out for the Tommy Dreamer dark side of the ring pick. I thought that was pretty good. Now, AJ Strangebrew, against all odds, got a list into us last night, and Malachi Black, yes. Britt Baker, and Don Callis. Don Callis is an excellent choice. Don Callis would probably be on more list. Don Callis tries and go out of his way to be a heel. When the Western, the elite, or Kenny Omega's getting cheered, cheer, Don can bring it back and get them to get booed. So Don is an excellent choice. Very Bobby Heenan, Nick Bockwinkel like, but I'm a big fan. We got Scott from Voluntown. Yeah, and, man, why don't you hit us out with a couple more lists? All right, I got you. Scott from Voluntown, baby. He's got MJF, Atticus Cougar, Will Ospreay, Miro, and GCW Matt Cardona. They said also Nick Khan is also a tremendous heel as well. I really like that GCW Matt Cardona so much. I'm going to steal it later. He's a great heel, but Atticus Ogre is actually also 
from GCW. He's in yeah. Ricky Shane Page's 440 group. Yeah. And he is just an amazing deathmatch heel in that promotion. Now, continuing on, I believe you wanted some more lists, right? I got Zach St. John. He's got MJF. Yeah, him and another Cole. one. MJF, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, and Britt Baker. And if nice. do you have any more? Yeah, I got a couple more. I got John White, who has MJF, Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Will Ospreay. Very good. I only have myself left. You want to hit me with another one? Yeah, I got Tyler Schieffer. He's got MJF, Minoru Suzuki, Bobby Lashley, Kenny Omega, and Roman Reigns. Tyler, good pick with Minoru Suzuki. He just probably not got enough credit for being an outstanding heel. No, not at all. Now, what do you now, got next for um, the list? I got my list. I have MJF, Roman Reigns, and then I have Don Callis as well. Again, for the reason I said before, just an awesome heel. Reminds me of Bobby Heenan. Paul Heyman, again, like I said before, he's great at turning the crowd, even if they like him. And I thought <clears throat> Scott was right on with GCW Matt Cardona because he had just like, when's the last time you remember other than NWO, like 20 years ago, where people were throwing like stuff in the ring like that. So great job, Cardona. Now, coming up this weekend, Effie is putting the internet title on the line against Cardona's GCW career at GCW Fight Club. That's the card that has Moxley versus Gage on it. So it makes it even more interesting to watch this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like it's a thing where Matt Cardona, if he had to leave GCW, that anyone would be shocked. So it's believable. So it's a good, good matchup, stipulation-wise. Yeah, now the last list I got for you is Simon Bohm of the Mothership Facebook group, MJF, Roman Reigns, Vincent from ROH, Walter, and Brian Johnson from ROH. Couple good Ring of Honor picks there. Brian Johnson is a great shit talker. Vincent is uh, got that whole kind of Charlie Manson thing going on. You know, he's done really well with that too. So they were a little off the radar for me, but those are some good picks. I definitely have noticed their work before but didn't think about them that's two excellent picks yeah now we're, we're down to our top three no mjf doubt. and roman reigns is obviously going to be one and two yeah if we had to fit a third person in there who do you think popped up the most they're going to be the first to be gone there's no yeah. question about it. yeah so even though like in my mind there probably are some better heel choices i have to say who i heard the most was kenny omega I thought that's who the people kept mentioning. I, at one point, I thought, oh, Omega's getting mentioned, too. So I think Kenny needs to be there. And Kenny does have strong heel heat. There's a couple other guys, maybe I would say, mm, you know, like Don Callis, Paul, a little better. But, yeah, it, it sounds like our audience picked Kenny Omega. So he'll be the first to go, but he makes the list. Now, when you look at Roman Reigns and MJF, it's almost two different types of heels because they're two different types of organizations. MJF is a straight up heel. He yeah. said some of the most fucked up things I've seen on TV. Mm -hmm. And for such a young guy, does it with zero fear. And yeah. we saw that zero fear on the Indies. So this guy is only going to get better. While Roman has finally come into a character that works for him. And mm -hmm. he is just this imposing force. Like it's almost like part Samoan, part mafia type boss yeah. in the way Perfect. he carries himself. And it's amazing. I agree. Perfect. He's the best part of WWE television right now in my mind still. He's carrying the fucking company in my mind right now. Whether people like that or not, I really... Don't get me wrong, there's some good stuff on there too, but Roman's carrying the load. Roman's that guy right now. He's the champ. He's the man. He's the main eventer. 
That being said, I think you touched on something right there. MJF says some of the most craziest things, and he's the most fearless. Now, Roman might be bigger on a national scale right now, but I think we're judging these guys by heels, and we get to do that. And obviously, it's not all Roman's fault. He pushes the envelope as much as he can. And he does get away with some stuff, you know, the whole missionary thing with John Cena and stuff like that. But he doesn't get to push the envelope as much as MJF does. And MJF takes full advantage of that. So for me, that's the guy. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. And Dave, you know what the music means. We've come to an agreement. And I think MJF is the top current heel just based on his demeanor. Like maybe the way he's been booked hasn't always been perfect. But when you give him a mic, even though you enjoy what he does, he can still make you hate him. Thousand percent. He's the best. Fearless. Now, guys, remember next week, we're going to be talking top current tag teams. So keep an eye out on at fans working on Twitter, working fans wrestling underscore pod on Instagram. Get us your list. Let us know who your top current tag teams are. And we will talk to you later. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.com. FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.